Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. I am joined by a multitude of gooners on here. Um, we have, it's, it's quite a cross-population of podcasts and blogs and everything else so uh we've got our usual resident in uh scummy scummy uh, looking happy as always how are you i'm always happy what are you on about? yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, just this, my happy happiness, this is my that's happy your happy face yeah. right okay oh, you haven't got to the dentist yet then nope. nope nope leave it out <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, uh, our podcast whore, our Jesus, our must, must, uh, our um, Mustafi lookalike. Yeah, man, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm all good, boys and girls. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all good, man. Looking forward to this. Richard, back again. Yeah, back again. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, I enjoy being on, speaking to you guys. So I'm looking forward to it as well. A bit more happiness Richard, going on isn't it, around us, which is good. Richard, remind people what blog, because you've started writing a blog as well, so remind people what blog that you actually write. Yeah, it's called um, Over and Over and Over Again. Um, it started off looking back at sort of key games and players from the sort of 1980s, but more recently, I've sort of, with the restart of the season, I've added in sort of, you know, up-to-date match reports of the games that's going on, previews of what's going on. Um, there's not been much on this week, unfortunately, because I've gone back to work and I've been too tired to do anything, but, you know, it, it'll be back soon. But, yeah, it's just, it's on Facebook and um, I'll put it on Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, over and over and over again, it's called, yeah. And Ben from Beer Rap and Banter, isn't it? Well, and remember, play on. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So thanks for having us. Yeah, we had you on a while ago and, and Dan as well. So it's nice just to come on. So good to see you guys. Yeah, you, you brought me on the most um, politically charged uh, podcast <laughs> I've ever no, been you, on. You, you represented, you, uh, you, you more than held your own and gave your, gave your view. So it was, uh, it was always good to get, get different views on the, on the football one. So yeah. Good to I see must you. have done it right. We're still talking, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And last, but by no means least, Guna Girl nineteen. What's your Twitter handle, Guna Girl? Oh, I'm nineteen sixty nine. That's my there birthday this month. I'm fifty one. At the end of July. Wow. You don't, wait. You don't need a day over forty. Oh, I love you, Fergus. Checks in the post. Thank you. Thank you. You can do it. Just send it by fax. So it's easier. It's <laughs> yeah. Easier. I'm a bit older than you, so checks in the post still. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I I do look older than you. Um, you're from the Highbury Squad. <laughs> Tell people a little bit about what uh, the Highbury Squad do, and then we'll get on to this podcast. Okay, so we're a podcast. Me and Sophie are the hosts. Kevin Kevin Campbell is our resident guest. Um, we're like siblings, all arguing the whole time. We have brilliant guests on, and. That's it, really. We're not a massive podcast, but we just enjoy what we do. Brilliant. I mean, I have listened a few times. Um, I do I do like an Arsenal podcast. Um, there's, there's quite a good few out there. Uh, we're a bit sport for choice on on, on the Ooh. Arsenal front. I don't, think many, I don't think as many teams have as many podcasts and uh, various things as, as Arsenal do. We, we, we are a bit of media whores, aren't we, Dan? <laughs> um, yeah, man, there's plenty so- of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> right, we faced Leicester City, um, a top four side. Uh, we haven't been very successful against many top four, top six sides of recent, but they hadn't beaten us since 1973, 25 years since uh, we conceded a point at home. Um, you know, and Leicester had let their form slip uh, leading up into lockdown. They hadn't been re uh, winning on winning form uh, really since January, and they were in a bit of free fall, a lot uh, like some of the other teams like Sheffield and so on along there. Um, lineups, what do we make of the lineups then? Um, Richard, I'll start with you on the lineups. Uh, we had Bellerin swapped in uh, uh, from Cedric, and otherwise it was more or less the same as the, the game that started uh, the previous couple of days beforehand. Yeah, I think Lacazette started as well, didn't he? After he'd come on and scored at Wolves. So Lacazette got a start instead of Eddie, which um, obviously we'll come to a bit later as well. I mean, it was pretty much as expected, I think. I, was, I wasn't expecting Arteta to make more than one or two changes. I know he's been rotating quite a lot recently, but um, we, we, he seems to have got a fixed kind of system now and he's got the players that fit into it. And he only he's only really tending to now make one or two changes, isn't he, from game to game, which I think is probably... a a good decision in a way because it keeps the sort of continuity with the team. But having said that as well, I think fatigue is playing a part, which I think we did see a little bit in the game, didn't we? Um, and hmm. we may have done a little bit in recent games as well. So, um, but unfortunately we're not in a luxury position to have a big, massive squad of top, top players that we can just swap and change like some other of the top team. So, you know, he's doing what the best he can do with a squad, I think at the minute. And I say in terms of the starting lineup, it was pretty much as expected. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great comment Sorry. by the way that's brilliant <laughs> just Kieran Garner says he can't help looking at Mike thinking of Pulp Fiction Ben what did you make what did you make of the starting lineups and is is the formation the three at the back the three five uh, uh, the three-four-three three. is that is that the future formation for an Arteta side? Yeah, I think it's working a lot better. I think we're seeing we're getting the best out of David Luiz in the middle there, and he seemed to be dealing with a lot of the balls yesterday. Um, Mustafi looks. I know we're going to come to him in a bit, but he looked a bit more comfortable uh, receiving the ball in in that three. Um, and I like how it goes from like three-four-three three and then can sometimes push onto a three-five-two with like Lacazette. And Abamian tucking in a bit, but I, I was I wasn't uh, shot too much. I know Bellerin had a point to prove, especially coming off uh, with the Norwich game, and then sort of wanting to prove his, his position. And I thought he did all right overall. Him and Saka linked up well, um, and I think you know he's, he's given players a chance to prove themselves in training. And I, you know I wasn't too surprised, and I was really happy. A lot more stability with the team and the formation. And like you were saying, you know pretty much now who's going to be in week in week out, which is not what we've had in a while. No, that's true. Um, Amanda, um, Ben just touched on on Bellerin there and said he had a decent, uh, performed okay. Um, what did you make of his performance? Because I'm 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 actually not in agreement with that. But oh, I thought he did okay. To be honest, I've got no issues with Bellerin. I think people need to lay off Bellerin. If I'm honest, he's come back from a bloody strong, in a terrible injury. Um, into a side that, to be fair, is not very good at the time he came back. Um, but I would like to say something just just slightly uh, different to that, is that Saka is the first name on my team sheet every single game, every game. He has become so important to us. It is bizarre, Harry. It has just gone full circle with him. 
Um, but anyway, no, with Bellerin, um, I think that I think it's going to get better and better. But it's a bit hard at the moment to judge. We're playing. It feels like we're playing every other day at the moment, and it feels like um, fatigue has got to be massive. They must be all out of sorts. We're out of sorts. We never play in July. I'm not saying this goes for only Arsenal, every Premier League club. It is the most bizarrest thing than playing in front of an empty stadium. So as I said on the hybrid squad, we've got to see who plays well in front of nobody and who really, really is struggling. Um, to be honest, I don't think any of our players, I've picked that out, but I think we need to lay off Bellerin a little bit, Fergus. I do. Okay. okay. Mike, do you agree on Bellerin? Should we lay off Bellerin? I didn't see him put much of a foot wrong in the Leicester game, to be fair. Mm. Uh, I know he's been poor of late. He hadn't had a great few games, but uh, during the Leicester game, I didn't think he was. He didn't really put much of a foot wrong, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I can I can see why people need to probably lay off him a bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we've we've spoken again, just sticking on finally on the Bellerin thing. Um, we've spoken on on Bellerin and. The, the reason why uh, I, I question, he, in that game, he didn't really do put a foot wrong. You are right, Mike, Mike and Amanda, but his feet were so bloody heavy. He just couldn't carry himself off that pitch. And the only thing he, um, the only thing that he did was put one cross in, which landed on Lacazette's head, which we'll talk about as well. But what, what were your thoughts on, on, um, on Bellerin then, Dan? Uh, it's the best game he's had uh, in Project Restart, in my opinion, against Leicester. I thought he played well. I thought it was a good ball. I thought the only reason I thought he played well was because of the person in front of him, and I think that was Saka doing so well. I don't think that he seems to work well with Pepe, Bellerin. There's no understanding there on that right-hand side. Uh, and when it's not Pepe and it's you know uh, uh, Nelson, I think, was the other one. It doesn't seem to work. I think Saka seems to be the only one he can seem to play with. So um, I'll give him credit there. Uh, but I don't think he's uh, he was as bad as he has been. I think he's very uncomfortable on the ball of late and he's definitely lost a yard or two of pace after that injury. Um, if somebody was interested, like the rumoured to be a 30 to 35 million, I'd say thanks for the eight years and see you later and spend it on another position that we need personally now that we've got Mate and Niles and Cedric. Fine. And what did you make uh, overall of, say, the, the first half um, of the game? Obviously, we'll touch on, in particular, the the, the Vardy um, foul on Mustafi, but um, and and we'll touch individually as well on the Saka assist for Aubameyang's goal. Uh, but dominant overall, wouldn't you say, Dan, in the first half? What, what was yeah, your, very. What was your... Yeah, very much so. I thought that. It was our, you know, it was us to blame, really. We didn't take our chances, did we? And I thought we were very, very comfortable for the first first half in particular. It was a good half of football. Um, the only downside was that Lacquer was a little bit wasteful. I think in terms, without going into specific incidents, I think in terms of a general overall performance, I was quite comfortable and it was looking very positive. I thought the front three were working really well together. I thought Saka was great in the first half. I thought Lacquer was holding the ball up well. Aubameyang was lively as ever. Um, I think Danny Ceballos had probably one of the best halves I've seen him have since he's joined Arsenal. It was a little bit similar to when he was at Burnley. I think it was against Burnley in one of the first, I think it was the first home game. Uh, he was fantastic. 
looked exactly the same in that game in the first half. He was absolutely brilliant. That pass is, was like a Cesc Fabregas ball, so he was on fire. And uh, yeah, there were some great uh, individuals, but more a team performance as far as I was concerned. And, you know, pretty wasteful from Laka and a bit of a shame that it was only 1-0. And I did say to one of the lads I was texting, I said, we may regret missing some of those chances. And at the end of the game, we did. Yeah. Yeah, but can I just say, were they, were they, were they missed chances? Sorry, Fergus, were they missed chances or was it the fact that Schmeichel is a, an absolute brilliant keeper? Because Martinez saved us as well. I know you have to put your chances away. I, I, I get that. I would um, say the Lacazette one, the, the shot was a great save from Casper Schmeichel, but that yeah. header, Amanda, mm. that header, oh, come no, on, yeah, man, no, come no. on, that's got to go in. He, at Sunday League, you're told, header it down. He just got down. just it down. Oh, no, I'm like, set down. it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're right, yeah. that was the only, that was the one sitter for me. The others were a little bit wasteful, but, you know, you could say, and Casper Schmeichel, by the way, let's not, let's not get twisted. He is so underrated, that goalkeeper. I can't believe he still just stayed at Leicester. I thought that Man United or, or Chelsea are dying for a keeper would have definitely gone for him. Such a good goalkeeper. Can't be, um, under, can't be underestimated. But maybe he's staying there for a reason. Maybe his dad has recommended he stays for a bit longer and then moves on to a bigger club. As such. Anyway, Man United won't want him because they've got a Dean Henderson, aren't they, at Sheffield United? Mm. Yeah. So they're not they're not going to really want uh, a Schmeichel uh, now, especially with uh, uh, De Gea. He, he he'll be going soon. So they've got they've got Henderson. So they're not going to want him. Uh, Man City, Liverpool, everywhere else are they'll Chelsea buy, though, Scunny. They'll, yeah, they'll buy seventy million keepers, won't they? So I'll leave them to it. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're just breaking up a bit there. Say that again, so I had some interference. Was it? Yeah, that's fine. And what did you make of the first half uh, performance? Yeah. I thought um, I thought we played really well, considering Leicester were a pressing team, much like us, and they were out the they were out the the trap straight away from you know from the kickoff, and considering the surface as well, it was raining. Um, I thought we played really well to get out of the press and we're looking a lot more confident. Um, just going back to Bellerin, just receiving it on the on the edge by the throw on the way he brought it in and sort of went back inside and linked up was really positive. Um, a dominant would be maybe a strong word because they had a goal disallowed. Uh, sometimes that got off the ball incident, that doesn't get seen and that goes in and Ineacho had a good chance. So, I mean, I was happy to go in. Uh, we should have gone, obviously, a few more chances. Um, and it was typical sort of Arsenal. And it happened against Brighton where chances weren't taken and it proved to be our downfall in the end. Um, but really confident playing playing a, a good team like Leicester out to prove a point um, who pressed as well. You know, the, that constant pressing for 45 minutes can take it out of you. And in the past, we've maybe panicked a bit or got caught. First half was really well assured, but maybe put too much in where second half... We were a lot. Uh, we were really sloppy, really sloppy in possession, and kept giving away the ball. So, overall, happy with that first half performance. Yep. Um, Richard, there was uh, a lot of talk about um, Vardy and um, a clash with Mustafi. Uh, Dan, just turn show us the side of your face. Is it all right? What's that? Show us the side <laughs> of your cut, face. Mate. It's done right. No, I'm um, still can't hear you. You broke up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, go on, the, go on. Uh, the, uh, Richard, what did you make of the the foul on Mustafi? Or the foul, I say, in air air, air comments. Um, what did what did you uh, make about that on Mustafi? Did you did you think it was a foul? Do you think it was deliberate? Do you think it was a red card? 
And do you think it should have been gone to VAR? I think it should have gone to VAR without a doubt. I mean, um, when you look at it in slow motion, I mean, like most of the most things, when you look at it in slow motion, it looks probably worse than it does initially when you first see it. Um, and when it's slowed down, his his foot appears to make a, a move directly towards Mustafi. He seems to look over his shoulder and move his, his foot towards him as though it's done on purpose. I mean, no one will know whether he did it on purpose apart from him, I suppose. But surely the point of VAR is that's what it should be there for, shouldn't it? It should be there. And as we saw later in the game, it should be there to at least look at incidents like that, you know, and how that isn't, you know, how that didn't even go to VAR, I don't know. If it had have done the VAR, it would have been interesting to know what they'd have decided to do because my gut feeling would be that they would have just said it was accidental and not done anything about it. Um, but, you know, that just seems to sum up that our VAR works when it comes to us. But, I mean, the fact it didn't go to VAR, to me, is ridiculous because that's exactly what it should be for. You know, to, the referee maybe didn't see it at the time or he, he wasn't clear. So go to VAR, let VAR look at it and let VAR decide. And if they'd seen a replay of it, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, Vardy would have got a red card because you can't go around putting your studs in at someone's face. We'll go into VAR in a little bit more detail uh, afterwards because I know Amanda uh, messaged on the message group beforehand and she she wants to talk to more more around the, the, the second half and, and Eddie's sending off and so on. Um, Amanda, since I mentioned you there... Um, what were your thoughts on the um, the Sabias and then subsequently Saka uh, assist for Aubameyang's goal? What did you make of Aubameyang's goal? Oh, that was football porn, Fergus. And the thing is, Sabias, <laughs> that pass, you know what? Arteta didn't look at Saka or Aubameyang. He went straight to Sabias. I mean, obviously, that part of the pitch to say well done in a, in a, in a obviously. Well done in, a, in his Spanish way, but it was just beautiful football from Sabias to Zaka to Aubameyang. And that's what we we want, we were used to at the beginning years of Wenger, and I want to see more of it. And, and you know what? Sabias is a funny one. He's either stinks the place out and he just doesn't work, or he's phenomenal and he's, he's running the midfield. It's so bizarre. I can't work out... One minute I'm raving about him, and the next minute I'm thinking I don't even know he's on the pitch. So I do, I do believe him and Xhaka uh, uh, play well. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I want to go back to VAR, but I'll do that later. But um, it was just lovely football. It was just lovely, and that deserved to have fifty thousand fans in the Emirates to watch that and mm. applaud that because we all went mad. It was just. One of the nicest goals we've scored in a very long time. Mm. 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 Mike, what did you make of uh, Sabias uh, in particular then? Um, obviously, we all sing uh, the praises of young Saka and Aubameyang. We want him to sign the ting and all this sort of stuff. But what, what did you make of Sabias's performance? Um, I know prior to lockdown, he probably had one good game, which is the second game of the season against Burnley. Otherwise, he actually got injured, I think, for a short period and then slipped off. But what have you made made of Sabias, particularly since uh, Project Restart? Is, I think he's uh, relishing the fact that Arteta's there. Mm -hmm. I think Arteta's doing really well with him. You've you got to think as well, I think Sabias at the minute is reminding me a lot of how Arteta used to play in that position. You know, with them, with a uh, with a ball to pass it in there to Saka in the first place. That was how it looked to me like a typical Arsenal goal, 
or how I would perceive as a typical eye ball. Long ball into the front, dink to the left or the right, and a goal. That's how it used to be. Now, I think he's relishing the fact being uh, playing under Arteta, definitely. And it's making him a better player because I've watched a few games now and I don't watch it with the uh, crowd noise because I thought, I, I don't like it. I think it, it's weird to me not yeah. seeing the crowd and hearing the crowd. It's weird. So I watch it like uh, you would do, as, say, Sunday League, so you hear it without the crowd noise. And you can hear majority of every game that Sabayos is on. All you can hear is Arteta screaming on the touchline is Danny, 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 Danny. And you can tell he's trying to improve him, and it's working definitely. Ben, your your, your thoughts on on um, Sabias? First of all, and I got another question for you. Um, yeah, just what a revelation since he's sort of been back. He wants the ball. He constantly wants the ball, um, and he's always an option whether to sort of just keep it flowing from defensive midfield or, or to sort of play the pass that leads onto the pass. Um, just you know, he's been he's just everywhere and also the amount of interceptions he's been putting his foot in as well he's not afraid to get stuck in which has really helped us win the ball back either high or sort of getting there it needs to be um I'd like a few more shots from him or goals you know obviously I'm, I'm sure everyone would but just what he what he offers in midfield and the balance has just been beautiful and a great great through ball um to, to, to Saka that was really positive that was, I was just about to ask the, the next question leading on from that was does he bring out the best out of Saka uh, I think he compliments him well. Yeah, he sort of he does the things that Jacker can't do. Sort of, he's not, not Jacker's not as intricate or as delicate. Um, and I know Sabias can has got a dribble in him as well. Sometimes he can carry it, maybe not to the extent of maybe a Grealish or or someone along those lines. But he he can definitely beat a player uh, nearby. Um, so I think it's been working really well. They've been complimenting them, themselves well. Um, I just wanted to touch on the sack goal, the assist. Sorry, we sat Evans down. He absolutely just put him on his ass, which was amazing. Just he realized the, the intelligence of the young man, just to face up an older defender who's slower, considering it was a really wet surface. If you notice, he sort of slowed down and then he shifted it on, and Evans couldn't keep up, which then led him to the assist. Oh, what is that? I don't know, but whoever it was, it was agreeing. It was agreeing with me. I like it. So uh, it was uh, <laughs> just the, just the sitting down like that was a was a wonderful thing to see. You know, just all round good. But uh, yes, yeah, Tobias does uh, accommodate and and support Jack and let him play his game in his own way. Just quickly yeah, on, 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 on that, on that, on that I'm second, gonna, I'm going to rip you two seconds. You got a little bit more control over Amanda because the fan on her laptop's gone. <laughs> So now she has to mute herself and come back in and out. And so she's got to think about when she clicks on that button. So that's what that noise was. Um, Richard, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, on, on that sacker assist, I mean, he's playing obviously in place of Pepe on the right and he's left-footed as well. It just goes to show that if if you're prepared to knock the ball past someone and put a ball in with your right foot straight away rather than not constantly cutting back, yeah. you can actually create a lot more opportunities and it's a lot more of a positive move. And I think Saka showed the Pepe the way what he needs to do. If he's going to be playing in the team regularly on that side of the pitch he's got to at least a few times in the game go past someone and whip the ball in with his right mm. foot Saka did it and got got an assist for, from doing that so that's what I think we've been lacking when Pepe plays that's what we do lack mm. um, and if Pepe had been in that position we wouldn't have scored that goal because he would have he would have he would have cut back inside which is what Johnny Evans almost assumed Saka was going to do and he went to cut back inside and then went round him didn't he and, and left him on the floor whereas Pepe would have just carried on coming back inside and probably lost the ball so it just you know but I need to learn that. Very, very intelligent young player. Um, yeah. Dan, on, uh, a bit like um, 
Amanda's uh, laptop. Arsenal seemed to run out of steam in the second half of games. Um, can you understand why? And, and did you think we ran out of it? OK, yeah, there was substitutions and, and VAR and red cards and stuff. But you could see even before that we were less dominant uh, in the beginning of that second half, even before the substitutions. Can you understand a reason for this? Uh, people are saying that we keep running out of steam and running out of steam. You've got to remember, this is this is a bang average side. This isn't a side that's going to dominate for 90 minutes. And people seem to think that we we have the right to be dominating teams for 90 minutes. And I don't think we're good enough for that. I'll take the 45 minutes or the 60 minutes, whatever you want to call it. I don't think that the game was... Uh, we drew the game because we run out of steam. I think the incidents was the reason that we drew the game. So I'm not so sure. I think when we look back at the Wolves game, and I know we're not going to go into that, it was similar. Uh, people were saying we run out of steam. Wolves just came out and responded. And Leicester had to come out and respond as well. And we've got to expect that. These are the top sides. Wolves and Leicester are ahead of us in the table and the stats don't lie. The table never lies. They are better teams than us. So for our people to say that we're running out of steam... I'm not so sure that we are. I think it's just where we're at at the moment, if I'm honest with you. Amanda's trying to come in, but she's on mute because she's got her uh, uh, laptop <laughs> that's vibrating. <laughs> it's all fine now, look. It's all quiet. It goes up, but then it comes down again. <laughs> okay, okay. Amanda, that's not a very good time. acronym that when you just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could show you, but I can't. It's so old this laptop. No, no, it's not that it's not that kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> that's for later, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amanda, it's, it's it's quite good timing because um Arteta comes into some criticism sometimes about his substitutions. Has he um got better at doing his substitutions? Does he know what teams what players seem to work at when and how to make impact with players and in particular uh, he brought on uh, Eddie for Lacazette um, and Eddie was on the, the pitch probably you know two minutes and, and he sent off so uh, talk to me about his substitutions and then flow into the Eddie things I know you're dying to talk about that Okay, so um, the thing is, <laughs> I find it really hard to have a go at Arteta. I just do. So I sit there a little bit like I did with Wenger at the beginning. I'm sort of like, I trust him. And we don't know what's going on. We don't know who's carrying an injury. We don't know who's fatigued. We don't know anything. So sometimes substitutes will look, <laughs> sorry, it's starting again. Sometimes substitutes will look odd to us and we'll go, why has he done that? For what reason? But you know what? He's got his plan at the beginning of the game. And I think that's what he sticks with. Obviously, injuries um, can change that. But I want to say something else as well. People do realise how good Leicester are, don't they? Because they missed a couple of their players. They are a really good side. Out of all the games I was looking at, apart from Spurs and Liverpool, I was worried about this game. Um, because... Brendan Rodgers has done a brilliant job. And whatever you say about Vardy, he is brilliant. I'm sorry, he is. So, I think we did all right. Look, when Nicotia did what Nicotia did, straight away, I went, that's definitely not a red card. Straight away, I was arguing with everybody, all my Spurs friends. I argued with my dad. I argued with my scouse mate who's a ref. I was like, no way, no way. When I calmed down and watched it again... The letter of the law is, it doesn't matter. There's no intent anymore. Forget any of that. It is whether it's dangerous as well. And he didn't mean it. I just, 100%. And I don't think Vardy meant it either. Um, I think it was reckless. I think that I think he was over-enthusiastic. He's a very passionate player. I think he just, 
was just, they just desperately wanted to win that game. There's a big chance they could get into Europe. Over-exuberance, bang, he's off. And I agree with Dan. We would not have drawn that game. I do not believe that if Eddie was on the pitch. Can't guarantee it, but I do not believe that it knocked us so badly. Now, so I conceded a few hours later that, okay, yeah, deserved to go. When I saw the Vardy Mustafi, I didn't see it in the match for some reason. When I watched it again, I do not understand how it was not looked at and he was not sent off. That's why I don't understand. So I was talking to an Arsenal fan and a, a Tottenham friend of mine on Twitter. They were arguing with me. They both said Nicotier deserved to go. And I said, hold on. If I'm going to concede that, then Vardy deserved to go. Why is it that it seems like we do not get VAR? So just move forward to a little bit now. I watched, uh, I wasn't watching the Spurs game. I don't know what the, the uh, result is at the moment, but my friend did. And he said to me, Amanda, Harry Kane on pen, you go and watch this. Okay. He sent me the clip. I do not understand how Harry Kane didn't get a penalty. I'm sorry. So I now am changing my mind about VAR. I think it happens to all clubs. I just think we focus on ours because we're so obsessed with our club and we look at every single thing. The one VAR that stands out for me more than anything that has annoyed me more than anything was Chambers against Crystal Palace. I wanted to rip VAR's head off for cancelling that goal out because that lost us three points and I was fuming. Okay, But when you talk to other fans of other clubs, they can all give me the same examples. So he sent me the clip of Harry Kane. And let me tell you, he's pushed him and it's a penalty. I don't understand. VAR decided in 10 seconds that it wasn't. I really, oh, it's nil-nil, good. I really didn't know. I don't understand. So I said to the, and then the Tottenham guys sent me a grid of six VARs for them that they didn't get. I went, listen, I could send you a grid as well. And I think we all can. Um I, answer, answering Archie's question, I think they've been told to do that now, to go to the screen. What amazed me about Nicotia is the fact that VAR took so bloody long to decide, the people behind the VAR, ages. I knew he was gone when it was such a long decision, but yet the ref goes to the screen and decides in three seconds he's off. So I didn't understand that, and I just want to go to the Vardy goal. I still don't know whether it was offside. I'm sorry. I, I've watched it so many times. I still don't know. And I thought the other player was offside more than Vardy anyway. But well, the, 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 the issue was, did it touch his foot? And I don't think it did. Uh, and if it had touched his foot, he would have been offside subsequently. Um, but yeah. then there's argument that he Is went... He not active, he went, though? Is he not active by going for the ball anyway? I honestly don't think he was offside either, to be fair. No, not do I. Like Amanda was saying, it took so long to do. Oh, the so more and more you watched it, he he was, I can't remember, I think he was behind um, Klasniak. So he looked like, uh, so he was just obviously got a foot in front of him before. But do you know what's funny? Do you know what annoyed me more? It took them seconds to work out it was a goal for Vardy when we're still debating it now, right? So if it's, if it's, if they have to go for the striker, and I'm with you, I don't actually think it's offside, even though everyone keeps screaming. No, I, it, wasn't, I don't, it wasn't offside. It was 100% not offside. Right. So, and if it didn't touch the foot, then it's not offside. But as you're saying, active. And these rules stink the place out. Because can we just not go back 
two offsides that I used to watch in the 80s and the 90s that was offside. Because I'm telling you, it ruins, well, first of all, I hate VAR. I hate it. Forget the fact that we do not get a lot of the, um, we don't, it doesn't go in our favour. But um, it's for me, it's ruining the game. And, and these drinks breaks, I'm sorry, it's not 95 million degrees outside at the moment. Can't they decide each game? It was freezing the other night and raining. What are they going to stop for drinks breaks for? The, uh, anyway. the only reason... The reason they got about drinks breaks in is they started it because they thought it was in the summer. It was hot when the uh, project restart. Yes, but then um, decide on the night because you can you can see it was pouring yeah, rain and freezing cold. You can, see, you can see they're not drinks breaks anymore. They're now tactical. Yeah, and tactical. you know what? It's getting more and more like American football, and I hate American football. I hate the stop-start shit. I can't stand it, and that's the way we're going. And all of a sudden now we're having five substitutes, which will benefit us and big clubs. It won't benefit the little clubs. I think stop messing around with football. Take VAR away. Bring back a normal offside. If you're on the pitch, you are offside. End of story. I'm sorry. I know I'm older than all of you, but I'm sick to death of sitting there, enjoying a goal, and then going, oh, VAR going to knock it off. Who was offside? No. Sorry. I'm just having a rant. I haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks, so I'm just ranting. No, you carry on. You're, ben, well, you're in edgeways. Go on. So, no, just the uh, I think the water breaks, I, I hear what you're saying, it has sort of Americanized it, but we've we've benefited from the water breaks, and I'm sure other teams have sort of a bit more. You, it's like a half within a half. You, you've been we've been raining in players. I know uh, Arteta was barking at Lacazette constantly, and he's talking about Sabeos as well. And it's just the chance to regroup them, get the lads together, just think about what they're meant to be doing, and then reapply the plan. So, admittedly. I mean, it does seem a bit off because we've never had it, but it has no, helped. No, I don't like it. Well, I know what you're saying, Ben. I yeah. know it's helped, but I, I, it's not for me. I'm such a basic, plain football fan. I want normal rules like we used, normal laws like we used to have. I'm so confused by offside that I didn't even know the active part. Well, I'm not being funny, and I'll say this, and I'm going to finish. I promise, I'll stop ranting. But VAR can't work on penalties or whether he was active. You cannot have VAR on opinion, only on fact. Because I will look at the Harry Kane today and I'll go, yeah, push penalty. Someone else will go, no, wasn't he dived? So how can how's VAR helping? You've still got people's opinions. I VAR seen cannot be subjective. When I saw the clip, I was praying he dived, but he hasn't. And I'm telling you, you we would be going mental if this is a Bamiang or Lacazette. We would yeah, just be it. up in arms. Isn't it, Dan? It's so blatant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand how they've not given it. I think it goes back to as well. Sorry, just the, it, we need more ex-players as refs or more ex-players in the mix of it. To, you know, Eddie, he's a young lad. He's gone for the ball. There's no malice. He's a bit off the pace and it's a quick surface. All right, he's, he, he, he looks worse than what it was. Um, ben, by the letter of the law, he's been sent off for what he's been sent off for. So yeah. there's nothing to do with intent anymore. This is no, what no, no, no. Did, did you see the Burnley one yesterday? Burnley against yeah. West Ham. And they didn't even VAR it. Yeah. It's like, well, you're going to VAR Eddie and send him off. You've got to at least VAR that the next day, haven't you? Surely. It was disgusting. hundred million That's times worse than Eddie. Can I, just, yeah. can I just make a quick point here? The problem that we've got with VAR... No, the biggest problem with VAR is run or the v, the people who do the VAR who sit in the uh, wankers van, who, what I call it, uh, they're British refs. 
basically. They're the Premier League refs that are sitting in that van doing the VAR. And that's the biggest problem because we have not got any decent refs in the in the Premier League whatsoever. Well, it needs to be it needs to be someone completely out of it who's making these decisions because these referees I'll are obvious they come. But Sammy, you can't say that because on the pitch, I agree with you, the refs are very bang average. Well, but these refs are watching what we're watching. So don't well, tell me they're, they're not up with play or any of that. They've got a million replays. I do not understand if you are a football fan and you know the laws of the game, why you can't. And again, the reason, as I said, there's a reason no, why our refs don't get invited to any international football. And there's a reason yeah, but, for that. But, but Scunny, what my point is this: you cannot have VAR for opinions. I'm sorry, you can't. Well, half of no, us think Eddie should have been there. sent That's off, my to that. and half don't of us think Eddie shouldn't have been sent off. There we go. No, I, I, I agree. Oh, you, I was like you. I was like you. Hate it. hate it so much. I was like you. I thought he. I thought it was definitely he wanted a red card, but obviously after watching it back, you just realise. Oh, actually, yeah, it was. I was probably a bit over the top. There, I, but... I won't hate it on Sunday if we get a penalty in the ninetieth minute and VAR gets <laughs> and Aubameyang's dies. I won't hate that now. Listen, um, I think the issue is, and you type of touch on it, Richard, as well, is about the uh, inconsistency of VAR that. Uh, it, the, the the Burnley one didn't even go to VAR. The uh, Vardy one didn't get VAR. And then Eddie, intent or no intent, a young lad, two seconds on the pitch, whatever the reason being, it went to VAR, even though the referee had already made a decision. The referee, they spent, as you say, if it, it, if it goes back and forth, back and forth loads of times, you think, oh, nah, it's gone. It, it, They've they played it 15 times. He's definitely gone. And then the referee goes over, he holds his ear and goes, oh, yeah, I see what you're talking about. And he just sends him off. Um, what did we make of uh, the man of the match uh, on on this one, Dan? Because um, was it a game of keepers? Was it a, a game of like Martinez was outstanding again in the main? Uh, Schmeichel was outstanding as well for Leicester. Uh, you know, Vardy got his twenty second goal. Aubameyang got a goal. Uh, who would you have said of all well, the Arsenal players in in particular? Who would you have put down as your man of the match for this game? Obvious, mate. From I'll just wait for that plane to go past. I'm going to mute. Uh, listen, man of the match is, is obvious in this game for me, and it's the player of the month by quite some time, uh, Kieran Tierney. The guy has been yeah. exceptional uh, since he's come into this side. I think that everything about the guy I like, I like his passion, I like his desire. I think he's shown some leadership skills. I love the way that he goes mad at someone if they've made a mistake and he has a go at them. I see in the Wolves game, he's sticking two fingers up to Kolasinac, not that way around, that way around, saying, you've left me with two, you've left me with two. That's what we want, yeah? People like him need to be told because the guy is shit. So people like him need to be told, you're not good enough for this team. So you need to either learn from what you're doing or get out the side. And that's what Kirantini is doing at the age of 22. He's showing some potential leadership qualities, potential captain people are talking about. I've been really impressed with his performances more than anything. He's been consistent. And my God, can he whip a ball in? His crossing ability is exceptional. You look at that and people say to me, I'm harsh on Kalasanak. That's how you are a left back, Kalasanak. Watch Kirantini. This guy is quality. Some people are saying he's not good enough for the Premier League. Send him back to Scotland. No, this guy could be... If this guy is half as good as Andrew Robertson, I'll be happy. I think he's got the potential to be as good as this guy. There's who a lot are these of people, debate. Fergus? Sorry, Dan. Who are yeah, these people? Yeah, I don't know who these people are because I've not heard anyone say that. 
God, yeah, it, what a got... bunch of wardrobes. Was this the ones Why from Lewis? On... Yeah, this I know who you're talking about now. This was Lewis it's White, wasn't it? Talking about it's a, it was a few a few people on yeah. Arsenal fans for yeah. Well, they need to give their heads a wobble, don't they? I mean, for me, the guy the guy's got so much ability going forward, and I think that he has an understanding of how to defend. And it's finally nice to see a left back that um, can do both because we haven't had that for a long, long time, in my opinion, since Ashley Cole. Uh, this guy could be something pretty special. I like the way that he links up with anybody else who's playing on that left-hand side, whether it's Aubameyang. I thought they were brilliant against Norwich and uh, Wolves and, again, uh, against Leicester. So it's looking like he's our definite starter. And, you know, Amanda was talking about Saka being the first name on the team sheet. 100% agree with her. But the one right after that for me would be KT. And the one thing I just want to say on the last subject, which I didn't get and I won't go on about because I don't want to bring up a huge argument. Everybody on here has totally missed the point. VAR works. What doesn't work is the rules that are grey and the individuals making the decisions. They are the two things that don't work. And until we sort that out, VAR isn't going to work. VAR is video action replay. So that is working because we can all watch it. So VAR isn't the problem. It's the people making the decisions that are giving the, the, the wrong decisions. Referee. That's what it is. It's video yeah. assistant referee, not video action replay. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying. This The video <laughs> thing is playing, but the people making the decisions on it are is not working. The VAR is working. It's the, the what, what is not working is the people that are making those decisions. And as far as I'm concerned, they, they, that's got to change. The rules have got to change. They're so grey. I said right at the start of the season, VAR was not going to work. Why? Because the rules are not clear. And until it's black and Richard. white, this will go on. Richard, you're apparently being inconspicuously quiet on Tierney. <laughs> well, I, wasn't asked, I wasn't asked about him. You've been asked now. <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest with you, I, up until probably the last four or five games, he hadn't played enough for me to really make a, a judgment. He'd, he'd been in and out of the team. He got injured for a long time. Um, but at the end of the day, the last four or five games, he's, he's shown consistency. He's been good in every single game you know I like the way when he gets forward he puts a cross in he doesn't necessarily pick anybody out he just puts them into good areas it's like percentage crossing isn't it and someone should be on the end of them and if they're not that's because the, the people aren't making the right runs into the box and, that, and that, I like that about him you know obviously his attitude is brilliant I mean I, I didn't necessarily think he, he was perhaps man in a match against Leicester particularly I mean I think he had a good game I think everybody had a good game. I think maybe Sabios maybe just wow. edged it um, overall. Um, but it, it was quite difficult to pick a man in a match, actually, because um, it was a more of a team effort, I thought. There was one or two, you know, decent performances. Obviously, Saka played well in, a, in his sort of unnatural position, if you like. Xhaka played well. Sabios had a great game. Cherny played well. The goalkeeper played well. There wasn't a poor performance, really, was there? So, I mean, you could have given it to pretty much seven or eight of them. Um, I just think maybe Sabios perhaps just edged it, if for nothing else, the fact that it was his superb pass that created the goal uh, as well, plus mm. all the other work that he did. So I would have maybe been swayed to give it perhaps to him, but that's nothing against Tierney. I thought he had, had a good game as well. Yeah, I mean, he has been playing well. And I agree with Dan. He is probably the first time we've had a decent left-back who can defend and get forwards, probably since Ashley Cole, yeah. You know, he, he reminds me more of Nigel Winterburn, actually, just with his kind of his, his attitude and the way he wants to, you know... Um, his kind of temperament really he's more like Nigel Winterburn for me but yeah he's doing brilliant Richard doesn't give Richard doesn't give Chaka the man of the match I can't believe it can't believe it he, he was in the running <laughs> but you know I thought I'd, uh, I've given it about four games in a row so I thought someone else was going to this time <laughs> right. well, ben, before Amanda jumps in <laughs> it's three words that's all I was going to say okay, okay. Uh, uh, go on then you say it then because <laughs> okay because it's in relation right it for me Kieran Tierney is 
future Arsenal captain. I'm sorry, that's how I see it. Fair play. Good chat. Brilliant. No, I, I, I agree. He's definitely in the making of. I, I like the fact that he turned up with a with a, a Tesco bag. I like the fact that <laughs> yeah. um, that was just his lunch. <laughs> but but he he's all just about playing football and being successful and being concentrated on doing his job rather than uh, yeah. putting ear on and blanking out blanking out fans and having a Gucci bag and a flash watch flash car etc. And I love that. I, and and you know I, long may that continue. Uh, ben, the reason I was going to come to you was um, Richard said it was a very much a team performance and it could have been anybody who had been a man of a match. Um, I agree with Dan. I think Tierney closely followed by Sabias, but also Martinez. But what Martinez said before on Arteta, um, he said we knew Mikel would be a good we we knew he'd be a good manager when he signed, but we didn't know he'd be this good. Um, you sent me a message on this. Do you want to, do you want to go into a bit more detail about that and, and how he seems to have got Arsenal and got the players and just got it. Yeah, so um, this was shared to me by another goon and there's just some quotes that were taken from Sky Sports and he was just sort of praising... Uh, oh, there it is again. He was just praising... It's every time I'm speaking. Uh, he was praising... Uh, Arteta, like sort of, yeah. <laughs> good start. Uh, good first half performance. Um, he was uh, praising Arteta's man management and just sort of saying everyone's got a clear identity, what, what they need to be done, which sounds mad, you know, as a sort of... Uh, as we're hearing it now, I know there was a big issue in the past uh, with Emery and the, and the message not always being clear, but he was really, uh, Martin is really bigging him up, sort of saying, you know, um, we go into the games, these scenarios we work on in training actually happen. So we start believing in every word that he says, you know, who'd believe that um, things you work on in training are actually going to come to fruition on a football pitch? You know, this, these things should be happening. So he's been really positive. And he's also said recently that he's cutthroat. You know, if you're not, if you're not doing what you're meant to be doing in training, you're not showing the right Arsenal attitude, and I know this has been evident with Guendouzi and, and, and Ozil, um, and maybe one or two, mainly I was being late to you know the, the meeting. If you're not showing the goods in training and the right attitude and the way he wants to move his, his ethos forward, then you, know, you won't be playing, you won't be training, you won't get on. Um, and I'm really happy to see Martinez get a game. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm liking him, he played really well. Uh, he's been playing well, he's been steady. All right, admittedly, the defending's been better, so he's not been bombarded with shots like Leno has, but um, him off the line, he was twice he sort of was, was well out of his box to deal with any balls over the top or in the past that could have caused an issue. And um, his kicking uh, seems better than Leno's at the moment, his distribution. Um, so I've just been, yeah, he's been really happy with Arteta's just coaching and just going back to the water breaks. I know, I know you're not a fan, some of you aren't a fan of it, but just Arteta able to, to relay his message to the team specifically. They're, they're a young team, they're, you know, they're, they're above average. You know, we're, we're getting there, we're getting there. But they need constant talking to and, and, and constant managing and, and simple messages. So I just wanted to get that out there. Um, it's been really positive response from our number and, two. And with the, the, the water breaks, they've started them, so they've got to do them consistently right through the, the, to the, the end of the season, unfortunately. Uh, I'm with Amanda uh, in the sense that I don't like the Americanization of it. It seems like, it seems like quarters rather than halves. Uh, and so on. I don't want it to go down that route. Um, guys, finishing up on Martinez, um, Mike, what would you, who would you pick in goal if, on your team sheet first if both Leno and Martinez were fit? Who would you pick? Leno. Dan? Without, without question. 
Leno, 100%, mate. 100%. Martinez has been great for these seven games and good line. He can be good for another seven when Leno gets injured again. But Leno's our number one and he's been consistently good for two years. You can't just drop the guy. He is he's great. Leno's superb. Okay. Um, another question that uh, you guys put to me to discuss is who's our best front three when Pepe's back? Um, Richard, who do you reckon our, our, our best front three is back and what do you do with Lacazette? Richard, if you say Ozil, I'm not going to be happy, by the way. What I was going to say was it's irrelevant whether Pepe's back or not because he's not in our best front three. So um, it's difficult, actually. I mean, I, I think Saka's probably better down the left. But having said that, he's, he's, been, he's done a good job down the right. He's been more effective down the right than Pepe has. Um, Bamiyang maybe should be down the centre. Um I would probably say, actually, Saka on the left, Abamyang through the middle, and it would probably have to be Pepe on the right out of that, but it's only only because we haven't got anybody else who can play on the right who's better than him, unfortunately, other than Saka. But then that leaves us, then you'd have to play Abamyang on the left, and then, you know, maybe Eddie through the centre. That would be maybe. Uh, I would be indecisive between playing the Bamiyang left, Eddie centre, and Saka right, or Saka left, the Bamiyang centre, and Pepe right. I can't really decide because I'm not convinced by Pepe yet. I want Pepe to do what Saka does on the right, you know what I mean, when he plays there. But I think Saka's better on the left. But, but yeah, that, that would. I can't decide Amanda, between that, if I'm honest. Amanda, would you, would you agree, bearing in mind that Bamiyang has played on the left most of his career? with Dortmund and he seems that as much as I like him through the centre um, he's played for quite a lot of his career for Dortmund and, and now Arsenal on the left would, would you agree with that country? would you change it how would you have it no I'd go with Saka on the left Aubameyang has to play down the middle for me he has to has to has to and I like Pepe I think if Arteta gets hold of him and Pepe respects what he's trying to say and do I think Pepe can be a good player I just think he needs time listen when Perez died and all the rest of them, none of them were great. So let's give him a chance. Let's give him a chance. That's what I would do. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's hard with Lacazette and Nicotia, Eddie. So that's ben. what I would do. Me? You say me or Ben? I couldn't hear. Uh, Dan, you. Uh, I would go, if everyone was fit, I'd actually play Saka right, Martinelli left and Aubameyang through the centre. But uh, at the moment, Martinelli's out. So I would go with what Richard said, Pepe right, Saka left and Aubameyang through the centre. Ben, Mike, anything different? Mm, On on paper, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd agree. Uh, I think certain games you may sort of, because this, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Although I'd want Pepe to be putting in the defensive work and pressing uh, from you know from the get go. Um, yeah, you got to play all but down the middle. I mean, he's got twenty goals again on the left. Um, just you know, and, and he really hit form uh, last season when he played him down the middle. Um, does put in a shift on the does put a shift on the side there. So I don't, yeah, I don't disagree. I, you know, same same as the lads. Um. Fine. Uh, I got your message, Amanda. All right, you take care of <laughs> muting yourself. That's fine. I'm only trying to... Uh, yeah, just do do what you need to do. Um, 
Mike, what, what's your thoughts on the front three? And then I, I want to ask you about Danny Ceballos. Uh, I think people need to give Pepe a break. You know, he's he come in this season and it's been a really weird season, hasn't it? Let's face it, you know, it's uh, he's had Emery at the start of the season. Then he had Youngberg for a little bit. We got Arteta and then we got uh, Corona. So, you know, it, give him a bit of a break. He's, he's, he's still trying to fit in. So I think maybe next season we can start judging him a bit more. But I think this season, no, nah, I think people need to really give him a break. Uh, as for, yeah, so Pepe would be on my right-hand side, uh, definitely. And uh, I don't know. I'm, as much as I like Aubameyang, I really do. But he he wants to obviously play on the left-hand side. I don't think he wants to play through the middle. Uh, I think he feels he's suited to the left-hand side. So it's the thing is that I'm really tossing up on this one is do you play Aubameyang or Saka? And that's the one that, really gets me so obviously it would be a Bamiyang and I'd put I'd probably put Eddie in in the uh, front because uh, I just don't think Lacazette cuts it for me to be honest would, would you not consider maybe like 95 Winston has said can you see um Martinelli playing as central striker one day and would you play him ahead of Eddie no uh, I think it's the same as a Bamiyang is 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 a left-sided forward I don't think he wants to be in that middle role um so if he is more suited to that left-hand side, let him carry on. Let him develop on that left-hand side. See how he gets on. You know, it's, it's only his first, it's, it's, yes, his first season this year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's, he's still young. He's still developing. So keep him on that left-hand side. See how he does. And if he feels like he wants to make that jump forward or the manager feel like he feels like he needs to make it uh, move, move around, then see how he does. See how he gets on. Um. Sabias, then who wants to talk about Sabias? Do we've already we done loan this, him? In? What's that? We've already done this, haven't we? With Sabias, <laughs> I thought we just talked about him. We, we have, but I would just, would you sign him or would you would you let him finish at the end of his loan? Quick, quick round, then I'd loan him again. I think I'd loan him again if they're up for it. Uh, Real Madrid, and uh, I, I don't think I'd be too keen to be paying. I think they want like forty-five million for him, don't they? So I'd rather get Grealish for that or Party for that personally. So mm. yeah, Danny Sabayas on loan. I'd say that. Say again. Yeah. Party and Grealish ain't going to come for forty-five million, mate. Uh, no, yeah, but what I'm saying is, if we, if we, if that's what they want for Sabayas, then I'd rather put that towards a player like Grealish or Party mm. or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree um, with you there, mate. Um, if, yeah. yeah, put it towards someone, but you've got to think of it in this sort of day and age. Forty-five million is not a lot. No. You know, there was talk no. of people saying you'd settle for thirty million for Bellerin. I won't settle for thirty million for Bellerin. I'd at least want fifty. If we got fifty for Iwobi, come on, we can get fifty for Bellerin. Easy. Yeah, maybe just my, right. just, my, just my thought on that. What about um, uh, top four, top five? I have a touch. I don't think we're we're going to get top four, top five. I don't think we will get Champions League. If anybody else thinks we can get Champions League, pipe <laughs> up now if you're holding your peace. <laughs> You've had your moment, right? Um, just to let people know, the red and silver memberships. You'll be getting emails out to say that their uh, renewals are coming up, so there's money coming out your bank on in mid July, whether you want it or not. So. Um, Stop your direct debits if you don't want it, and if not, make sure the money's in there. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about before we touch on the North London Derby briefly and see what we think about the North London Derby coming up on Sunday is uh, it's breaking news just before we went live on the podcast. Uh, Stan Kroenke uh, has bought or issued two bonds. He's basically restructured the debts of Arsenal Football Club, um, and he's freed up effectively between 210 and £230 million pounds 
worth of cash in the bank that we don't have to offset against debts and so on. I, I've not read enough about it because it literally just happened a couple of hours ago. Um, but how do you think this will affect the transfer window, Ben? Um, I don't really know too much into it. Yeah, I need to read it, but giving us more money can't be a can't be a bad thing. Uh, whether it's to sort of help with Aubameyang's contract um, or just that sort of lure party if that ever happens, it's sort of like constant back and forth. Um, so it can't be a bad thing. Although I would question how much sort of uh, how much he really wants to do. You know, how much uh, interest he has, or sort of how much he has to say. Uh, with everything else. So we welcome more money, especially not getting into the Champions League this season. Does it change your opinion of what Kronk is doing for the club, Richard? I think we have to see exactly the ins and outs of it or how it's going to work. I mean, on paper, from what I've seen of it, it looks a positive thing. Um, and it's, it's kind of come at a good time because if they're going to relax the a sort of financial fair play rules for this year with the COVID situation, and we've suddenly got a bit more money to spend on transfers that actually might benefit us this summer where we maybe can buy four or five players where we might have only bought one or two. But we'll have to wait and see exactly whether that money is going to go to Wolves transfers or, or not. We don't know yet, do we really? Um, in, in principle, it seems great, you know, and if and if that's what's going to happen, and if he's done that because he wants to move the club forward, then we've got to be happy about that, haven't we? You know, he, he's not done enough maybe in that in that way before, and if this is going to be the new future, then fantastic, you know. I, I think Arteta needs to be backed, and if this is going to be the way to do it, then, you know, I, I'll hold my hands up and say, well done, Cronky, if that's going to be the case. But at this moment in time, I don't think we know exactly how it's going to play out, do we? So let's maybe reserve judgment for the time being. But if that's going to, if that's going to happen, we're going to get 250 odd million for, for transfers and, and wages and stuff like that, contracts, then I'm happy with that for now. But, you know, let's see what happens. Just had a message. Um, Amanda's uh, laptop is uh, finally worn out and just blown yeah, up. You know. put, put the money towards her new laptop. <laughs> she did say thanks to everybody and, and she's enjoyed being part of the show today Dan, has your opinion changed on uh, Stan Kroenke what Kroenke's mean for uh, the club, will we still be standing there singing Stan Kroenke get out of our club on the North Bank next September if we get back in, fingers crossed Oh man, hell yeah, of course we will. I don't trust the Cronkies. I never will and never have done. Uh, that 250 million is rubbish, by the way. The only way they've said they're going to spend that is if they can replace it and top it back up. And we already know that we can't because we're financially screwed. All that's done is given us a little bit of a soften for losing out on the revenue that we've lost because we haven't been going to games. That's all that's going to do. And it will allow us to then uh, look at getting Aubameyang on a deal, which is why we're trying to get rid of Mkhitaryan and Ozil's wages so that we can give them to Aubameyang. And then we may have some money to play around with in the transfer window because Arteta's no mug. He has said specifically what he wants. Now, that to me means either he specifically said he wants these positions or he specifically wants people to play that he's named in these positions. So if it is true that Upamecano, Party, and Grealish are the three people that he wants, then we need money of 150 million to get at least to get those three individuals across the line. And if we don't have that 150 million now, we have to do that in player sales. So I think it's a positive thing because obviously you look at, <laughs> yeah, Archangel said Mbappe incoming. I don't think so. Uh, so I think when you look at it, it is definitely a positive because it is basically putting us back on, into it with a shout of another club uh, that lot down the road, which are apparently financially screwed because they're having to loan money. We, he, what has happened is we have obviously all football clubs are in debt. Arsenal were in debt. We have paid off two debts to prevent us being even more in debt. 
That's the way I see that quote. And the 250 million, do not believe that. Don't be fooled. We do not have 250 million sitting there to spend on where on transfers. Please don't be fooled. You'll be very, very disappointed in the summer if that's what you think. <laughs> uh, Mike, um, I think we've done enough on that. Um, but we well, I was going to say all all Stan Kronk has done there is is buy a debt that was uh, that Arsenal was paying. So now Arsenal pay him the debt. So. So now Arsenal doesn't owe, uh, owe a bank or a bond money. Arsenal that's the worry. Arsenal Stanker KSE money. So that's that's the difference. That's the worry mm. as well, because I don't trust the guy. <laughs> um, uh, Dan talked about that lot down the road. We play them on Sunday. What's your plans? Are you going to the pub? Are you sitting at home with no fan sound on TV? It's going to be really weird. Um not being able to be at the game. Um, yeah, because I wasn't going to go to that one. Uh, <laughs> so I'm absolutely I was, gutted. Myself and Dan probably had tickets sorted as well, hadn't we, Dan? Which yeah, is great. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So, um, but it's going to be really strange watching a North London derby because I, I, I didn't watch the Manchester United, uh, Manchester City, Liverpool game. I, did, I haven't watched many of the other teams that much. Um, I'm not really interested in other derbies, but... This derby for me is one of the best derbies going. We would have gone to their place for the first time, smashed into smithereens as well, which would have been brilliant. <laughs> we, 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 we started the demolition in White Hart Lane and we start the redemolition of the toilet bowl. And, 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 and I would have loved every bit of it. And I would have taken every fine, everything else that we would have done. But where are you going to be watching it? What do you expect? And um, give me a score prediction. Uh, um. Watching it at home, uh, I'm not really going to the pub. I'm not really that bothered, to be fair. It's not really the same sort of atmosphere as it would normally be. So I'll just rather watch it at home. Uh, I'm expecting us. I'm expecting a performance from us. I want to see a performance. I don't want us, uh, you know, I mean, like carrying on like we have been doing. I don't want us starting to fold like origami like previous years. So I do. I do expect to see a performance, and I expect to see a good performance. Um, at least I know there's one good thing. Uh, Dia, he won't be running into the stands either, you know. So there's that as a bonus. <laughs> um, so there is that. Uh, scoreline, um, I'm gonna throw a 2 1 win. Fine, Ben, your thoughts would you have been at it? Um, and where are you going to be watching it? Mm, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm moving house the day before. I was speaking to Dan about this previously. I'm finally moving. Uh, so I'm moving out of London and I'm moving to uh, sunny Leon Sea. So um, unfortunately, there's a lot of spurs in the area. But I'll be watching it, hopefully, with a good friend down there who's a gooner because uh, the wife's at work. So I'll be, I'll be moving house and then hopefully christening a new house uh, with a few beers and watching a solid performance. I agree. You know, I think we'll, we'll use the Leicester game. Uh, to spur us on, and the fact is a North London derby. I mean, you know, Arteta will will talk to the other players about the importance of it. Um, I've just looked at the stats at the Spurs Bournemouth game, and they didn't get a shot on target. Apparently, they had nine shots, no shots on target, um, which bodes well for us. And and our, our Mourinho has, has sucked the life out of that team. I know I've got Spurs mates who are you know really upset that he's taken over. So I can I can see a win for us if we're going to scrape it two one. Um, let's hope that sort of Mourinho doesn't park the bus and just do any of his naughty business. So, yeah, I'm, re- I'm feeling positive about this one moving forward. Yeah. Rich? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm probably as confident of beating Spurs away as I have been for a long time. I mean, we haven't won there, have we, for about four or five years now since, um, was that when Rizitsky scored, wasn't it? That's the last time we've won there. I mean, that's how long ago it was. So it's, it's, been, a long, it's been a long time. So um, obviously it's the first time we'd have played in their sort of new shit stadium. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. I, I'm, I'm really confident, actually. I mean, I, you know, I actually think we might win like 4-1 or something stupid. I, wow. think we'll actually, I, think, I think we'll bash them up just simply because I just think they're terrible at the minute. I've I've seen a couple of their recent games; they've been awful, absolutely. Oh, awful. Um, so this, this is their chance to go there and smash them. So I'm going to go. I'm going four one. I think Harry Kane will score a penalty because he's bound to fall over and get a penalty, isn't he? Or Son will. So they'll get a penalty, but it'd be we'd be pointless because we'd be three 0 up. They'll get a penalty, and then they'll they'll push on, and we'll get a fourth goal at the end. I think Saka might get a couple actually. So, yeah, 4-1. I'm going for that. You going to put a bet on it? I, I, I don't really bet, but I might do. Don't I, bet on Arsenal, man. I'll probably, I'll probably <laughs> win a bit, but yeah, I'm probably not going to bet on it, actually, just because it'll probably jinx it. But you, you're, you're yeah. free to put a bet on it. Uh, I, I, I don't bet, but yeah, no. Um, uh, everybody else jump on 4-1 and 4 nil for Trev. Um, uh, you'd probably get good odds on that. Dan, what's your thoughts on, on the game? And where you watching uh, it? Watching it at home, uh, I think it is going to be a very KG football game. Neither side are going to want to lose this game. It's going to be very strange circumstances. Personally, we should be going, and it's frustrating that we can't. But there we go. Uh, this is going to be a game where Jose tries to outclass us tactically. Um, I hope Arteta can get it right, but I think both teams are going to go away disappointed. With a score draw of one-one, oh. sitting on the fence there. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's before the, the semi, uh, the uh, game against City as well in it. So I think he's sort of um, when's the cup, the FA Cup oh, yeah, it's next week, next weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Next so weekend, yeah. yeah. I think hopefully push us on to, to, to play City. So we've got okay, Liverpool in between as well. Don't forget, we've got Liverpool in win. So Liverpool on Wednesday, yeah. I've tried to forget that one. I tried to forget. <laughs> no, we'll beat them. They've, they've gone, haven't they? They don't care anymore. No way. He's Listen, uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. The majority of you guys, I think uh, we will have the better of them. I would take a point right now. But in reality, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and go, I'm going to go 2-1. Um, I was talking to some friends of mine today, um, and they're Tottenham fans. And they're not very happy with Jose Mourinho. They don't feel that tactically he's doing very much with the, with, with the team. Um, their squad is a well-established squad. It's been there four, five, six years. Um, they are very comfortable. They've got their feet under the table. They're, they're not being challenged for their positions. In my view, Harry Kane is one bad injury away from possibly ending his career. Uh, and he's probably uh, in his last few games for Tottenham for Tottenham Hotspur. And, and I think they'll sell him because they will have to cash in on some players if they want to refresh that squad. And <laughs> that would be and, a and brilliant day, won't it? That would be a brilliant day when he leaves. And people wanted Mourinho. Arsenal fans wanted Mourinho in never. charge, man. Jesus Christ. Never. Honestly. Never. Never. But given a choice, given a choice... Get through to the FA Cup final at Wembley or beat Spurs tomorrow or oh, Sunday. Oh, God, let's not have these choices again, please, because look what happened in Baku. <laughs> Christ almighty. Come on, did you, you pipe No, why can't we have stop both? doing these choices, why, why seriously. Why can't we have both? Why can't we have both? Exactly. Why can't we have both? We're unbeaten in five games. <laughs> I, think, I think we'll smash Spurs, we'll beat Liverpool and we'll do City. There you go. Done. 
I'd rather beat Tottenham, man. I know it sounds shit. Go out of the FA Cup, but I'd rather beat Spurs. I just hate Spurs, man. Can't deal with losing to them. For me, for me, um, uh, listen. If we get to the FA Cup final and if we win the FA Cup, it'd be great. It would be a great achievement for Mikel Arteta. We said when he first came, I think even on this podcast, wouldn't it be great if he came and the first thing he done was walk up uh, Wembley Way and pick up the FA Cup or a trophy of some sort? And we said that was the best opportunity. He won it as captain for Arsenal, uh, and and it would be nice. But um, finishing above Spurs in the league, regardless if that's 16th over 17th, I just want to finish above Spurs again. I want the cycle to reset because having these idiots um, piping up as they have for the last three or four years um, really annoys me. So um, if I had to pick one, I'd pick the Spurs victory to just to finish above them. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, like um, Mike said, yeah, why not have both? Listen, guys, um, we've overran. What a surprise. Um, Amanda sent her uh, <laughs> sent her uh, regards and um, we thank her for joining us. And if you want to hear more of Amanda and her um, fantastic laptop, um, you can uh, listen to her on um, the Highbury Squad uh, and you can uh, follow her on Highbury Squad uh, on Twitter, our Guna Girl 1969. Uh, ben, Give yourself, give your, give your socials out, and uh, tell people when your next podcast is out. Yeah, so people can check us out if they just uh, search beer rap and banter. Um, that's the main platform, and that's on all all podcast platforms. And underneath that, you'll have the uh, play on football podcast, which is uh, fortnightly, and then the beer rap and banter is is the other week. So basically, every weekend, ready for Monday morning, and it's at beer rap bants. And my personal is at uh, Ings L T E N G S L T. Mike, when do you go back on Arsbros? Are you back on Arsbros again soon? Uh, I'm not too sure, mate. If I'm being honest, but yeah, uh, Arsbros. I'm not exactly sure when the next podcast is coming up, but it's due soon, and it is going to be a really good debate. This one, I don't think is one to miss. Good. Okay. Well, make sure you let us know and uh, send oh. our regards to Matt a tough time down in Melbourne they shut down in Melbourne again which um, is uh, pretty tough going for him down there I know Rich uh, you'll have a blog out for us very shortly I expect and you'll put it on Arsenal Fan Forum and Guns and Yellow Ribbons yeah I would have um, I'm going to obviously put something together for the North London Derby game uh, put a blog together for that um, and obviously I'll do a, a review afterwards when we've won 4-1 just to praise myself for getting a score right <laughs> and, and make sure in that review you mentioned that you said it here first Oh, I definitely will. I definitely will. I'll also give Jack a man in a match. In fact, he's got man in a match already. We're not even started yet. Just, just that's just. <laughs> My God. That would be done. Lovely. Possibly. Uh, you can only pick six podcasts that you're on. Go on. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, do you know what? I've actually got a preview tomorrow night, actually, for the North London derby. So if you want to head over to same old Arsenal uh, tomorrow at seven o'clock, myself and Lee Judges will be on with Dan Coogs and Tobes from the Tapping Football. Tobes is a Spurs fan as well. So we're going to get into some debates about that uh, for the weekend. So that should be a good watch. Uh, so come over, head over to same old Arsenal at same old AFC in capitals on Twitter. Guys, thank you very much all for your input. Um, you have been listening to another Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. You can follow us on Guns and Ribbons on Twitter. Uh, you know where we are, uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons on Facebook and YouTube. If you like what we do, 
click uh, like and subscribe on YouTube and share it with your mates. You know, um, I've enjoyed uh, chatting to you guys. Thank you, everybody in the chat. There's loads of you in there. Uh, and there's been quite a few people now joining us on, on our YouTube channel as well. Listen, we're just do this for fun. We're just we're hobbyists. We're, we're mates. We're not out here to make a fortune or anything like that. That's not that's not our, our, our aim. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed it. Uh, it keeps us sane in lockdown. And uh, yeah, I'll be in the pub on um, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. God, so, man, I'll be expecting some songs then on Sunday down the WhatsApp singing. Well, yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> Loves it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's going to be fun, that, mate. If we win, I tell you, that's all we're going to hear is Fergus singing. Jesus. On the WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I... My 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 uh, my Saka song is good. Oh Jesus, good is it? Was, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. Overstatement. Thank you. My word, unbelievable. I'm looking before I go, before I go, Ferg, shout out to Ben for coming on as well, man, and beer rap bands and uh, play on podcast. Decent. Get yourself over and listen to those guys. All right, cheers, Ben. Top man. Appreciate it. Dan. Thank Thanks, you. Man. One last thing to say, guys. Up the ass. Up the Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.